Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. Preseason is off and running. We had a lot of games on the schedule last night. We're going to break down some of those, plus get into some news. The Suns may be at odds with big man DeAndre Ayton. A lot to talk about there. Keith, let's just start with that because that's the big story of the day. The Suns not willing to give a max deal to DeAndre Ayton. That doesn't seem like a great look for the Phoenix. I mean, to me, this this should just be automatic. I'm, I'm not overvaluing DeAndre Ayton here, am I? No, I mean, I'm with you on that one. I, I think he is worth a max in the context of guys like him get max mm-hmm. deals now. That's just the reality of it. If if they won't do it, somebody else is going to. And a lot of people have thrown my way, so then let somebody do it in restricted free agency. Well, the reality of that is if you do that, you run the risk of then it's probably going to be a three plus one that you're going to match if you want to, and then you're going to lose them in at least in at the most after three seasons, because now you've made him angry mm-hmm. that he had to go out and take less money and just have a contract match. So I would get this done. I would not give him a player option. I would not give him the escalator language that would bump him up to 30%, but the 25% max over five years, get, get it done. Then get Mikhail Bridges signed. And now you've got your core of Booker Aiden and Bridges locked in and you've got Chris Paul for a couple more years. It's if they, don't do this. This is a sign that they're not fully committed to trying to win a championship. It's crazy. You know, he shot, I can tell you from that first round series against the Lakers, he shot roughly 175% from the field. <laughs> like it, it was, yeah. it was incredible. He just did not, yep. did not miss anything. He played great. It was phenomenal. And you look at his peers, they're all getting deals right now. So of course he's going to feel like he should also get one of those. Now you can say maybe he's not in the same tier as Luca, but look at what Michael Porter sure. Jr. just got, right? A max, and this is what gets me. I see people all the time on social media that say, oh, well, he's not really a max player. No, we're not understanding this, the concept of a max player well enough because we're forgetting that the guys who we see as max guys, your LeBron, Kevin Durant, right, like the, the top, top tier guys in the NBA, Giannis, those guys actually should be higher than a max. Just the CBA restricts them from getting more than that. So they're bargains on those contracts. They are not the only guys who get max. A max isn't given to a guy who's a generational talent. That's not what it takes in order to get to that level. So some people see max and they just assume, oh, that means the guy's just this transcendent superstar, but that's not really the way the max salaries work. No, not at all. It's it's not even close to the way it no. works. And that that's the the like you said, that's the unfortunate thing here. The the misunderstanding of it's not a vacuum. You 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 exist in a world where there's 29 other teams, and if one of them, just one of them, is willing to give him a max, then he should get the max. Mm-hmm. And and let's let's be fully understanding. We're not talking the Luka Doncic probably Trey Young max that gets them over 200 million over the five years. We're talking the 172.5 million that Shea Gilgis Alexander got. I'm fine. If you want to push it like, like you did with Michael Porter jr. Like Denver did, and maybe do a non-guarantee on the end or something like that, or some language that, you know, Hey, you keep improving. But I go back to a lot of people were like, Oh man, the Hawks did so good to lock up Clint Capella to a two-year extension worth about forty-five million or so. And it's not that they didn't; I think they did great to lock him up. But I'm sorry, Aiden's younger, mm-hmm. and giving him six million more a year or so—that's fine. There, there, I have no issue with, with that at all. You know, Capella is now what he's twenty-seven, so so he'll uh, uh, turn twenty-eight 
uh, right towards the end of, well, I mean, sometime in the playoffs, maybe Atlanta will still be in then or not. Uh, and, and nobody's screaming and yelling about that, that when he's in his thirties, he should, it's, everybody's fine with him getting 22 and 23 million. Aiton just turned, I think 23, I think mm-hmm. it is. So I just, I don't understand this if you're the Suns. To me, if I was Suns fans, I would be absolutely livid if they don't if they just mess around here because and, you know people are screaming. Well, you know you can't expect the team to spend that kind of money. Sure, you can. Yeah. Do you want to win a championship? That's what you do. The Milwaukee Bucks just won a title. What did they do? They've gone deeper into the luxury tax than they've ever gone before this year to try and defend it. Lakers, Clippers, Nets, Warriors. You don't need to get stupid like a couple of those teams and be $40 million over the luxury tax line. But tripping into the tax, that's how you win titles. you got to get it done. I mean, look, if you were to put every GM in the NBA in a room and you said, raise your hand if you would give DeAndre Ayton a max, how many hands do you think go up? At least 20. Yeah. Right. And that, and that's all yeah. that matters. That's all that matters. Yep. Like if he was on the market, most teams would indeed do that. Now I will say though, he's probably, he's not going anywhere. He's not going to, this isn't going to get to the point where the Suns say, you know what, we're just not going to give you this contract. Go ahead, hit restricted free agency. And then maybe we'll let you go. I don't think it's, it's getting to that point. And that's maybe why this is even more confusing. Like you're, you're going to, regardless of what happens here, you're going to keep this guy around. Do you really want that bad vibe of, well, we tried to strong arm you here into a contract that's based on what your peers got probably less than what you're worth. You know what I wonder, is he the guy that then signs the qualifying offer? Uh, his qualifying offer is $16.4 million, so it's a pretty good-sized number uh, compared to where those qualifying offers usually come in. And then he'd be an unrestricted free agent in 2023, and then he can do whatever he wants. So I wonder if he looks at it and says, you're going to make me go out and sign a deal with another team that you're just going to match, and then you're going to have kind of control over this process for the next few years? Nah, I'll sign the qualifying offer. I'll play it out on that, bet on myself, and then I'll go get paid from whoever it is I want to be with the next year. And I think the other thing is, Mm -hmm. too, I learned today on Twitter, a lot of people don't fully realize how good DeAndre Aiden has become. He's a walking double-double. This guy shows up, and he's 15 and 10 every every night. It's just, you know, it's kind of a... ridiculous that we're here and he's become a pretty good defender so just you got to get this one done if you're the Suns. that would be a first wouldn't it if a guy was to turn down big money in order to take take the qualifying offer but that's interesting i i just because it hasn't happened i don't even have that as like a thought in my head as a possibility but you're right if that qualifying offer is 16 million maybe that is it maybe that is the path we go and that would be disastrous for the phoenix Suns if that's if that's what happens absolutely yep yeah, that's why you can't push this. Don't don't mess around. Just get it done. It's not gonna, it's it's not gonna be a bad contract. Mm-hmm. He'll be fine. It's you know, he's he's gonna be a top five to eight center in the league for the life of whatever his next deal is, assuming it's four or five years. Just just get it done. It's you know, it's the center position is not dead. People may may go too far with that in the NBA. So, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. And and I get it. You got to also think about paying Mikael Bridges, and he's probably going to push somewhere between fifteen to twenty million mm-hmm. a year, is my guess. Uh, but all right, lock it in. Spend a whole bunch of money. I mean, part of the whole thing with Chris Paul was he's only on the big contract for one more year after this and then everything dips into being partially guaranteed so you can get out of that if you really need to into you know much cheaper money you got cameron Payne on a nice deal uh jay crowder's only got a year left so you're really only looking at a huge tax bill for probably a year or two and 
you know, do it. You're, you're a title contender. You're right there. You went to game six of the finals. You had a 2-0 series lead. You know, if things had gone right, you might have been able to win it. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, I don't have a lot of faith that that uh, ownership is going to green light uh, James Jones in the front office to do the right thing. Yeah, it's going to be one to keep an eye on, certainly, and one that's surprising. I didn't think we were going to be heading down this path. Uh, but you know what? Not the only big man in the news. Pau Gasol officially announcing his yeah. retirement today, and the Lakers follow that up by saying that they will indeed retire Pau's number 16. It was definitely time. He had been dealing with foot issues for years, uh, finished his career playing over in Europe, but uh, a very, very talented big man, multi-time all-star NBA champion, uh, deserves all the accolades, and, and what a tremendous career for him. Yeah, he did a lot to bring back the idea of European big men can be successful in the NBA because for a little bit there it was, eh, I don't know about this guy. You know, is this guy going to be good? Is he even going to make it? You know, and all those kind of things. And there was a stigma attached to those guys. And he is, uh, and now now he's you know, locked in there playing really, really well. So I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, happy for him mm-hmm. that he's, going out seems like when he wants to but really it's time and and yeah for the lakers to retire his number big time that's you know part of that uh uh well i guess not most recent title group because because mm-hmm. you just had one but but that kind of uh, most recent dynasty group let's call it that yeah and i've seen some people push back on the idea of his number being retired and i i just i don't see that at all i mean look he's yeah. he's going to be a hall of famer he's going to he's obviously going to get his jersey retired just on that but then you look at the impact that he's had with the team, uh, he was tremendous for so many years. Had that mind melt with Kobe Bryant, and uh, certainly deserving, I believe, of getting his yep. his number retired. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, we can quibble about that, but I'm not the guy to have that conversation. Considering the team I uh, grew up uh, loving and, and cover now has uh, retired more numbers than anybody else, it's uh, <laughs> that, that's not a conversation I want to jump into. Uh, a conversation we do want to jump into. So preseason games, Keith, you and I were able to you and I were able to bounce around the NBA a little bit last night and keep and uh, catch some of these games. So let's talk a little bit about some of the games that we did see. Let's kick things off with the 76ers. No, Ben Simmons was not there. We can put the Simmons siren away. No, nope, um, Simmons siren today. <laughs> and uh, and the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Scotty Barnes showed some showed yeah. some things in that one. Pretty impressive uh, from him. Liked what we saw there. And, uh, and you know, the Raptors, they didn't really run any bigs. So maybe not a huge surprise. But Andre Drummond, 19 points, 14 boards, three assists, and four blocks, along with five turnovers. And the 76ers lost the game. Maybe that's the most Drummond style line ever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's right up there. Only 24 minutes for him, yeah. too. Not right uncommon. Veterans are only going to log generally around 24, 25 yeah. minutes in these preseason games. But yeah, it's uh that, that, that's a throwback to the Detroit days for, for Drummond for sure. Uh, including the loss on top of that. But yeah, Scotty Barnes to me was a standout yes. here. He, he was excellent. Uh, kind of showed that all around game that I think everybody thought, thought he would have, uh, didn't make any three pointers when he only took one. And then OG and an played well too. I think, uh, they're going to need him to do that kind of step into mm-hmm. that scoring role a lot more, especially, while Pascal Siakam is out as he recovers from the offseason uh, shoulder surgery. So so it's going to be be a little bit uh, 
Yeah, well, a little bit of bummer news out of Toronto. Chris Boucher yes. uh, dislocated his left uh, one of his left fingers, and he's going to be out um, probably to start the year, probably uh, at least a couple mm-hmm. weeks into the season. Sounds like about three, four weeks uh, for him. So that, that's, that's a little bit of a bummer. But, yeah, and then uh, the last shout-out from that one, your guy, Svee. Svee Mikhailu. He looked good. 13 points off the bench. A couple people have asked me if I thought, thought he was actually going to make that roster. I think it's a guarantee he's mm-hmm. going to make that team. Yeah, I saw some smart plays from him some nice cuts to the basket which is you know everybody knows him as a shooter but he actually had a really nice uh run to the rim he had 13 points on the night and five assists so nice performance from him and that's the other you know scotty barnes you look at that number if you're if you're playing fantasy basketball 13 points nine boards six assists two steals two blocks that's gold throwing a three-pointer if he can get one of those and he's uh he's crushing it out there on the stat absolutely absolutely by the way a little bit of irony here Ben Simmons did not play, not play, and the 76ers shot 23% from three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it is what it is, but, right? Ben, why don't you just shoot threes? You'd be just like everybody yeah. else. Nobody else is yeah, making everybody them, Everybody right? else missed them, no <laughs> doubt. That was kind of a story around uh, the league yesterday. A lot of missed three-pointers yes. in the games I was popping in on. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump to your team. Well, your teams, I guess. Your hometown team, the Orlando Magic, and yes. the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Exciting one. Exciting finish. And I got to say, you know, I know, obviously, Lakers fan and all that, right? Like, I'm not supposed to think good things for the Celtics, but it was nice to see Jalen Brown back out on the court after yeah, seeing him go, go down due to injury. That was, that, that was great because you hate seeing guys get injured. So nice to see a triumphant return for him. Yeah, he was really good. He had 25 points in only 26 minutes. Uh, you know, hit some jump shots, did some stuff off the dribble. He did say after the game there was times that the wrist really was uh, bothering mm-hmm. him, uh, but it's something he's working through. He said he's only at about 80 to 85%, uh, but they have assured him there's no further damage that can be done, and he'll uh, uh, move, continue to move forward as it goes. So, yeah, he looked pretty good. Jason Tatum looked yes. good. Uh, Jason Tatum had probably the play of the night, that baseline drive yeah. where he dunked on a couple different guys from the magic including wendell carter uh then aaron neesmith looked solid off the bench and uh, romeo Langford hit a game-winning three-pointer with uh about 10 seconds or so left in the game uh for them to win and then on the orlando side thought cole anthony looked really yeah. good i thought he played really well for them uh kind of all around running the floor uh running the team rather i should say and then jalen Suggs, it was messy offensively but he had two really nice blocks i put them on my twitter if anybody wants to see them one was a help block on rob Robert Williams at the rim. That's not easy to no. do. And then he got Jason Tatum in transition one-on-one where uh, Tatum tried to kind of cross him over and break him down. And Suggs kept his feet, stayed in front of him, and then blocked Tatum's layup attempt. Both of those are on my Twitter account at Keith Smith NBA. Uh, you can find those videos. So just uh, looked, uh, you know, looked, looked good and competitive. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes from here for both these teams. And had a deep three on the night. Didn't shoot yes. didn't shoot well on the night, three for 11, but yeah. one of his makes was a deep three. Uh, let me finish yeah. with this, though. Uh, Robert Williams the third. Now, knowing Lakers fans, if somebody the Lakers just paid a bunch of money to uh, went 0 for 7 on the <laughs> yeah. night, there would be, you know, the sky would be falling. How are Celtics fans doing with the Robert Williams stat line of 0 for 7, five boards, two blocks, one point in 20 minutes? Well, so I'm going to tell you two things. One is they were down at halftime and there was a guy um, 
100% was not joking or trolling because he hits me up on a very regular basis saying that the Celtics made a mistake in hiring Ime Udoka. He didn't like any of his lineup decisions, starting decisions, in that they should have interviewed and hired Kendrick Perkins. So that gives you a sense of where that was at. So, yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, there right. were people who – the. People who were really concerned, you could tell, didn't watch the game because Robert Williams' uh, main reason why he struggled was he took a lot of jump shots. A lot of jump shots from about anywhere from 8 to 15 feet, and those weren't going down. Um, so that's not bad, right? No. That's what preseason is for. Mm-hmm. You'll see where that's at. My guess is those kind of quickly get excised out of the uh, bag if they're not going in, and he'll spend the rest of his time focused around the rim. But he made some nice passes, and he blocked two jump shots on guards uh, that he got um, on perimeter switches. So that's where his value is going to lie for this team. It, it drives me crazy. Preseason is not regular season, and especially, I nope. mean, out of, after a half of basketball, it's way too early, way too yeah. early to make. I mean, we're beyond small sample size here. You to make uh, <laughs> yeah. to make judgment calls here. But anyway, let's let's jump to the Miami Hawks and Atlanta Heat. Uh, a game that I uh, I flipped that flip that. <laughs> yeah, the Atlanta Hawks and the what, Miami. What is Heat. that? What does Willie Wonka to say? Strike that. Yes. Reverse it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but this was one of the games that I caught, and I was I was really impressed by how crisp Miami looked on the offensive end of the floor. Now they did have a lot of their Big regular time. starters out there. You had PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. So those are all like main contributors. Jimmy Butler not playing, but other than that, they had a lot of key guys out there. But they looked regular season ready. They looked really, really good with the way they moved the ball. And uh, Kyle Lowry just looked like a very easy fit with them. Only shot one for four on the night, but seven assists, four boards in 15 minutes. He was making plays out there. And uh, Miami, you know what, if I'm obviously don't take too much away from preseason, but uh, if I'm a Heat fan, I'm pretty excited based on what I saw last night. Yeah, I agree. And important for the Heat, too. Um, Tyler Hero looked good. Yes, he had a really, he down, really did more season, but he looked really, really good. He's kind of their key guy off the bench, because if there's one thing this team doesn't have, it's a lot of depth. Um, they, they, they probably only go about seven guys deep that you can really feel good about um, off the bench. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely interesting uh, name to keep an eye on out of Miami. Um, just because they've had a lot of success with guys like this. Max Struess, uh, yeah, he, he had well. uh, 14 points, four three-pointers. Uh, he is a shooter, so uh, you can run a lot of the same stuff you run for Duncan Robinson for him. Uh, so just keep, keep an eye on him. It wouldn't surprise me if he plays uh, 15, 20 minutes a night off the, the Miami bench. On the Atlanta side, they kind of were what they they usually are. They they shot pretty poorly, uh, missed a lot of open three pointers mm-hmm. too. Um, but otherwise, this game would have been a lot closer. And Trey Young left with a, a thigh bruise, um, not uh, supposedly a big deal, but uh, but but left. Um, you know, so you should be okay. Whoa, I don't, I don't. I'm assuming this. My mic probably didn't pick this up, but we just got a big thunderclap right over right over my my place here <laughs> you're not here i thought you were seeing ghosts no i was i was like oh whoa like, felt oh. like the room shook a little bit there <laughs> the so haunted studio yeah a little creepy it's not halloween yet is it <laughs> not yet a um, couple weeks so when i'm when i was looking at this i was watching this game and there was one play that tyler hero made that actually it ended up being uh, a negative for the team because it was a goaltend, but Trey Young was on a breakaway and Tyler Hero raced to get back into the play, tried to get a chase down block, really went for it, but I was impressed with his springs. The ball got to the backboard first, and so it wound up being a goaltend, but 
as well as he looked on offense, I went, wow, okay, that was great to see from Tyler Hero in a preseason game, kind of taking upon himself to make that extra effort. Would have been very easy just to say, Trey Young, go ahead, take this layup. No, he yeah. went for it, and that's exactly the mentality that Miami Heat like. So that was yeah. great to see. I'll also tell you another thing that stood out. Jalil Okafor, out there for the Hawks, he went, he played 13 minutes. I don't think, it's possible I missed one, but I don't think he got a single post-up opportunity. And I thought, hey, how much value? That's what he's best at, right, is scoring in the yeah, post. Yeah, I didn't and we see can, any either. We can say that's antiquated and stuff in today's NBA, but how and much success he is he going to have if Atlanta's not going to give him any opportunities to do what he's best at? Yeah, it looked like they used him a little bit how they used Capello, which is more as a rim mm, runner. Yep. Um, and a role man, that's and really that's him. not necessarily his thing. So yeah, we'll see. It's we don't know yet if he's even going to make the team. Right, he's on a camp deal. Yeah. It's probably between him and Timothy Luau Cabrero for that last spot. So let, let's see. Uh, yeah, I think if the Hawks' wings can get back for the start of the year, so uh, Hunter and Herder did mm -hmm. not play in this game, but if they're both back, uh, then I think it's more likely Okafor snags that last spot because we know a Kongwu is going to be out, and we're not entirely sure yet on Clint Capella. But yeah, definitely something that to keep an eye on okay let's talk uh wolves and pelicans the the timberwolves are one and oh playoff bound right <laughs> here we go it is here we so go great. a lot of guys out zion williamson obviously not playing in uh in this one but uh but brandon ingram did 14 points just like his jersey number three assists two steals i did not catch this game keith i know you caught some parts of it a little bit. Um, we also saw a, deb a debut for Devontae Graham, nine points, uh, three boards, two of five from deep. But what, what were your big takeaways from the Pelican side of things? Yeah, Trey Murphy um, off the bench yeah. hit six three-pointers. Uh, for them, looked really good, built off what was a pretty strong summer league. Yeah. Uh, he's he's going to be in the mix to be a uh, rotation guy for them. I thought Jackson Hayes looked okay uh, out there. Um, he he got hurt at one point. Um, I have not had a chance to check in on the severity of that, so we'll see. And then Nikhil Alexander-Walker, let's see what his role yeah. ultimately is uh, with this team, but he, he played really well off the bench too. So Pelicans, the Depth is young, but I don't think it's uh, necessarily bad. And just a guy, he's he's not going to show up in box scores a lot. Mm -hmm. And probably uh, anybody that if you're not watching, people aren't, are, aren't going to notice a lot. But Herb Jones played pretty good off their bench. Uh, he's a uh, uh, forward um, size guy. He's about six foot seven or so. But he works really, really hard. And they used him as a small ball five at times. So I, I think they're, they're starting to build up some guys who are interesting um, complimentary guys like him and Najee Marshall and guys like that that can come in and fit in around um, Ingram, Zion, Graham. You've got enough offense. You need, you need a couple guys who, who will play a little bit of D. Yeah, uh, you know when I'm when I'm looking at this roster and I see Murphy the third. You know he was one of my favorites uh, in the draft, and I think he's a very easy yeah. plug and play guy. And so I think he's an easy one to, to turn yeah. to. And then uh, Alexander Walker. When you look at at what the Pelicans did, obviously they believe in him. Moving Eric Bledsoe, they want to feed him those minutes. And, you know, 22, three uh, and three assists, that's a, a solid night of work for him. Jumping over to the Timberwolves yep. side of things, you got Anthony Edwards puts up 10 points, 19 for D'Angelo Russell, 15 for Carl Anthony Towns uh, in just 14 minutes. 
So that's pretty productive there. I know there was a moment, I didn't see it, but there was some buzz on Twitter about a moment where it looked like he, you know, he took a bit of a hard fall. That's always scary, especially in preseason. Yeah. Not what you want to see happen. And that's why you see teams bench their stars as much as they can in preseason play. Yep. Yeah. And I think you're going to see Cat uh, have probably his best all around season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Finch has put in some of the stuff when he was an assistant that he installed in Denver with Nikola Jokic. Uh, and then some of the stuff that I, I believe he was in New Orleans when AD was there. Um, that that I, and I know he wanted to talk about that a little bit to to run some of that same stuff. So uh, four assists for Towns too mm-hmm. in those fourteen minutes. That that that's big. Uh, the things that stood out to me though was they started uh, Jaden McDaniel's and uh, Josh Okoji, um there. So that. I think is interesting because you've got a lot of offense with Towns, Edwards, and Russell. So get a couple defenders out there along with those guys. I, I think that's helpful. And then off the bench, kind of Malik Beasley yeah. was his his uh, bench unit to run uh, in his 19 minutes. So we'll watch and see. You can't take a ton away from these early season lineup decisions because they're trying things out. Like to go back to Boston, uh, Al Horford didn't really play a lot with the starters because he made Doka said, we kind of know what that looks like. Uh, we actually have tape on that. We have a good feel. We wanted to see other lineup combinations. Uh, that's why Wancho, Hernan, and Gomez started there uh, for them. But yeah, interesting you know, looks from, from the Wolves. So we'll see uh, you know, where, where that goes uh, moving forward. Uh, jumping over to Charlotte and Oklahoma City, the Hornets win 113 to 97. No TV. So. Yeah, but I did see. I got. I caught some of the highlights on that one. Lamelo Ball was doing Lamelo Ball things. Uh, James James yeah. Booknight looked pretty good from what I saw. Twenty yeah. points uh, and four boards for him. You did have four turnovers as well. But uh, but I did see a lot of the hit aheads from Lamelo. That looked pretty good. I mean, you expect those kinds of things from him. And then jumping over to Oklahoma City uh, again. They, Josh Giddy. Yes, they only played Shea Gilders Alexander yeah. seventeen minutes, but but Giddy. Seven boards, three assists, 18 points. Got to like that if you're OKC. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, and it's OKC, I mean, kind of feels like a lot of their games are going to be like preseason games where they're just going to be shuttling guys in and out uh, on a fairly regular basis. So, yeah, uh, let's jump to Spurs Jazz. This one also, uh, uh, no TV. The uh, Jazz, from what I saw and from what I read the accounts of, they were kind of playing it like, let's get this thing going. Yes. With Rudy Gobert didn't play. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich didn't play. Joe Ingles didn't play. Rudy Gay didn't play. Rudy Gay is going to be out for the uh, entirety of the preseason. They're hoping to have him back around the start of the regular season. Uh, Donovan Mitchell got up 19 shots in 22 minutes. So uh, he hopefully he iced his uh, elbow a little bit there. Jared mm-hmm. Butler, though, a uh, kid who I think we're all rooting for, mm-hmm. guy whose uh, stock fell in the draft because of uh, some health-related concerns, fully cleared. He had 16 points. And then on the Spurs side, they just kind of did Spurs stuff. Yep. They they went to a whole bunch of their, their different guys. They went with a lineup that I think probably uh, will be their opening night lineup. Uh, Jakob Pertl, Keldon Johnson, Doug McDermott, Derek White, and uh, DeJounte Murray. Uh, and from what I saw and read uh, from those who actually saw the game live, uh, ball moved pretty good. They were pushing pace. They defended really well. I think this team's going to defend really, really well this year. And I think that's going to keep them yeah. in more games than I think people are giving them credit and for. And you know what? They took, they took a ton of flack for selecting Josh Primo in the draft. Set yeah, and he played well. Seven for eight and three of four from deep, from deep. 17 points on the night. So a little bit of a kind of take that 
from uh, from Josh from Josh Primo. But uh, but yeah, Utah yep. looked like they just kind of said, okay, let's get through this thing right now. It was played in San Antonio. I wonder, did anyone recognize Jordan Clarkson there? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unlike in Utah. <laughs> hey, let's jump to Warriors Trailblazers. I did watch a good amount of this. Here's my number one takeaway. Yes. The Warriors took 69 three-pointers nice. out of 100 shot attempts. 69. <laughs> so we can make the joke. Nice yep. amount of three-point three attempts, right? But that's crazy. That's, yeah. that's just absolutely nuts. Uh, Jordan Poole. Go get this guy in your fantasy leagues. He is going to be a monster this I year. I was laughing points, when I, seven when I saw that run across yeah. my Twitter timeline. I went, Keith literally was just talking about how Jordan Poole is the guy to watch. And then he yep. goes and drops 35 and 5. Keith, I, I'm going to ask you, like, what should I pick on my next lottery tickets? Like, give me give me the numbers. <laughs> you know, know something. I'll, I'll, give me some thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I'll put some thoughts into it, and I'll let you know. A uh, couple other things that stood out. Otto Porter Jr. looked pretty good. Looks like he's in actually pretty decent shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had 19 points at four, four three-pointers. Uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson, he didn't make any uh, three-pointers, but he had five rebounds, five assists. They kind of play him like mini Draymond. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's kind of the role that they they are putting him in. I, he did go 0 for 5 from 3, um, but that he took 5, I think, is the the uh, good takeaway. But yeah, 69 threes uh, gotten up there. And then on the, the, the Blazers side, it's kind of all the stuff you expect. Dame did his thing. Yep. CJ did his thing. Nurkic did his thing. Uh, they they did that, and then they just got overwhelmed by the fact that the Warriors' uh, deeper bench guys are just better, uh, younger than the Blazers' deep bench players. You know, Larry Nance Jr. makes his Blazers debut in a surprisingly kind of no-show stat line. Yeah. Anyway, no points, two rebounds. 0 for 1 shooting and his one shot was a 3. So that was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it it once again looked like, compared to the Warriors, the Blazers just didn't really have the depth to keep up. The starters did their thing, but then once it came time for the bench, the the Blazers just didn't have it. Yep. Yeah, Suns-Kings, this one was not on TV. I only caught a couple highlights, but I was able to read about what happened here. The Suns didn't play Chris Paul, Devin Booker, yeah. Jay Crowder, so three of their starters were out. Uh, we already talked about DeAndre Ayton. He he looked okay out there, um, but not, not a lot to take away. Jalen Smith was active, 13 points, 11 rebounds, two blocks. That could be big if he can actually play because they could use another big uh, behind mm-hmm. Aiden. JaVale McGee, 10 points in 11 minutes uh, for him, so that that's uh, something there and then on the king's side um i thought what was most interesting there was um they went with uh tyrese albert yes, as a starting five buddy healed off the bench um do, yeah but he healed off the bench so you don't again you don't want to go too crazy reading into uh preseason lineup stuff but holmes bagley barnes uh fox and halberton and then healed uh and davian mitchell uh got the bulk of the minutes off the bench so that could be something that could carry over. And Marvin Bagley continues to just tantalize you. 15 points, five rebounds in 21 minutes. It's either going to happen for him this year or it's or probably it's never not going to happen. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, let's jump to Nuggets and Clippers. This was a good one. Clippers won 103 to 102. Was able to catch most of the, the fourth quarter of this one. Michael Porter Jr. with a this is why you paid me stat line. 23 yep. points, <laughs> seven boards in just 22 minutes. Shot 9 of 15 for the field. 3 of 5 from 3. Uh, Aaron Gordon, 8, 4, and 3 uh, for the Nuggets. A lot of guys off the bench that were coming in here. I saw Bull Bull had, oh. a, had a nice play where he, he dribbled the ball all the way up yep. the floor. Went coast to coast. Had a little behind the back move. 
that's always fun when you've got a guy his height. Five blocks. Dude. Which is insane. In 20 minutes. Great stuff. Yeah. Unleash him. And then uh, Bones Highland is always a blast. And he put up 19, 4, and 2 on 8 of 13 shooting. Yeah. Yeah. He, he Chance for him to maybe be a rotation guy mm-hmm. for the Nuggets this year while they're down on uh, Jamal Murray because they're yes. going to be looking for uh, some backcourt scoring for sure. Will Barton didn't play, but it sounds like he's really close to getting back, and uh, Jokic didn't play either. On the Clippers' side, there's not a whole lot to take away from no. this. Terrence Mann was pretty good, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, but the rest, it just was... Kind of they, they didn't play a lot of their guys. Abaka didn't play. Batum didn't play. Paul George didn't play. We know Kawhi is out, so just not a. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to read a whole lot of what the Clippers did in this. There's. A, I've got a couple of takeaways here from the Clippers. And first and foremost, uh, late in the game when the game's on the line and they weren't playing their starters, and like Terrence Mann was the guy. He was the man, right? I mean, that yeah. was he was the guy that they all looked to, and that's kind of something to watch in these games when the starters aren't there. Yeah. Who is it that everybody else defers to? The Clippers very much yeah. deferred to Terrence Mann, and he made some really nice plays down the stretch. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein and... Which is odd, because he was out there with Luke Kennard, yes. who you would think he's the guy who's got the, the contract extension and all that, and yeah, Kennard was very much deferring and letting Mann uh, be the guy they ran stuff through. Kennard made a few nice plays, but definitely Mann, again, Mann was the man. Um, yep. Isaiah Hartenstein and... Harry Giles, both looked good. Hardenstein had a number of dives to the basket where the Clippers, I mean, they were uncontested yep. dunks, but he put himself in the right spot and the Clippers were able to find him. Uh, pretty fer- ferocious dunks, too, for Hardenstein. And then Harry Giles, eight points and 12 boards in 16 minutes. That's a pretty solid stat line. So that's yeah. a battle to keep an eye on between those two guys. Yeah, one of those two guys is going to get that last roster spot because they don't have a lot behind Zubac, especially if uh, is not fully ready yeah. with the back injury. The one thing that's a little weird between those two, though, is four turnovers for Hartenstein and three for Harry Giles, yeah. both in limited minutes. You don't see turnovers like that from bigs, typically. So Not out of the bigs. Yep. Yep. All right. That gets us through the it. night of NBA action. Uh, front office viewers, listeners, let us know. Do you like us going through the games like this? Uh, we are going to be doing this a little bit more regularly once the regular season starts up. So give us your thoughts on on how we approach this and everything. Let us know how you feel about it. And don't forget to subscribe as well. Uh, Keith, final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, One piece of news. Detroit Pistons picked up their 22-23 team options for Sadiq Bey, Killian Hayes, and Isaiah Stewart. Okay. No, no brainer there. Yeah. We knew all of those would be picked up, but but now that is done. Uh, that that is picked up, and all, all those guys will be uh, ready to go. So that they're all uh, uh, going to be under contract for next year. Reminder that has to happen a year ahead of time, yeah. basically a year ahead of time. So uh, August or uh, August, um, this calendar man's got me all screwed up. Still, <laughs> October thirty first is the the last day to pick up team options for twenty two twenty three for rookie scale guys. So, so that is now done. But yeah, like Trevor said, let us know what you think about these uh, whip around wrap up style shows. We're going to try to do that. We may separate that yes. and do the more front office news show uh, different from it. But it's preseason. We're going to keep keep working through all this and, and figuring it out. That's right. That's right. So give us your thoughts in the comments section. Again, don't forget to subscribe. Turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see you.